because quote-unquote Christianity today is confused. Therefore, they have mixed messages and mixed motivation. Hi, everyone. My name is Francis Simeon, and you are listening to the Pauline Fellowship Bible Study Hour. Uh, today, we are going to talk about the third uh, and final um episode of the series the dispensational value of the gospel of christ uh today the topic is called the practical differences between the kingdom gospel and the gospel of christ so a few weeks back we talked about the 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 basic or the fundamental differences and then last week we talked about the doctrinal differences between the kingdom gospel and the gospel of christ and then finally today we are talking about the um, the sorry the practical differences. Uh, but before we go forward, uh, obviously I want everyone I want to invite everyone to go over to our channel in YouTube and make sure you hit the uh, the subscribe button. But not only the subscribe button, also that bell, so you get notification whenever a new video just like this drops not only that um if you can't watch the video the the audio of this is also being recorded and and pub published to our podcast called the workman unashamed podcast which you can download and follow in uh, apple uh, spotify uh, google amazon or wherever you uh you avail of your podcast um, I would like to say welcome to a lot of people. Uh, of course, we have listeners from the U.S. U.S. would be our number one list of listeners, and then the Philippines, and then the next would be India. Then we have Finland, our friends from Finland and Russia. Hope you guys are staying safe over there. The United Kingdom, and then we have uh, the United Arab Emirates, and um, 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 I don't want to forget any anyone here. Our friends from the Netherlands. Then we also have our friends from Italy, as well as lot last but not the least Switzerland as well. So I'd like to say welcome to everyone. Um, I hope that you are blessed with our Bible studies. Another uh housekeeping, if you will, that I'd like to um. I would like to get out there. So this is the announcement. Now, you know that Katie and I, uh, Miss Katie and I have a two-year-old little guy named Bergie or Bergen. So what we're trying to do or what our plan is starting this coming Sunday is to put out like little 15, 20-minute Bible study videos or Sunday school videos, if you will, um, because you know, that we don't have a church to go to. But that does not mean it should be an excuse for us to not study our Bibles or not teach our, our son anything about the Bible. And uh, since Bergie is uh, two years old and he's uh, starting to understand uh, and be interested in stories, then we definitely want to introduce him to the Bible um, at his age right now. And uh, I say that because we're going to put those things in video as well. So hopefully that can be a blessing to you. Sunday school lessons from the Pauline Fellowship. 
please stay tuned and uh, watch out for ads and stuff like that. All right. Um, again, uh, practical difference between the kingdom gospels and the gospel of Christ. Shall we start? So here we are in part three of the dispensation of, uh, sorry, the dispensational value of the gospel of Christ. And so we're, like I said earlier, we are entitling this The Practical Differences of the Kingdom Gospel and the Gospel of Christ. So a few weeks back, we just talked about the basic um, the basic or fundamental differences. Uh, and then last week, we talked about the doctrinal differences. And then um, today, we're going to talk about the practical differences. So just to review, um, when we talk about the basic or the fundamental differences, um, you, we just talked about who the speakers are. Of course, when we talked about the gospel kingdom, we sort of divided it to before the cross and after the cross. Uh, before the cross, we got John the Baptist, Jesus, and the disciples. And then after the cross, uh, the kingdom gospel, after the cross, we have Peter and the Twelve. And then uh, Pauline gospel, of course, the apostle Paul, our apostle. And then we have the audience. We have the nation of Israel before the cross. Um, after the cross, beginning with the nation of Israel, the branch out to the, to the nations as their head. Uh, obviously, when we say nations, we have to rightly divide the word of truth as well. That is talking about um, the locality. But the people who they go to in those nations are still uh, the nation or, or the people, the Jews. The nation of, or the, the, I keep saying the nation of Israel, but the people. Um, referring to the comprises of the nation of Israel. But during the Pauline gospel, uh, the audience is everyone without distinction. There is neither Jew nor Gentile. For the content, it's repent for the kingdom of uh, the kingdom of God is at hand. A uh, kingdom of heaven is at hand. Uh, but after the cross, there is some sort of the addition of the um, gospel of God, which is, hey, Jesus from the line of David and Raised by God after you slew him is Christ. Repent and be baptized. Okay? These are not the gospels that we believe in, that we are saved by. The one that is for us, for our time, is right out here in the, under the Pauline gospel. Hey, Jesus died for your sins, for our sin, was buried and rose again the third day. So the destination... Uh, for everyone in uh, under the kingdom gospel before and after the cross is, of course, they are looking for the earthly kingdom. And we'll talk about that some more later. But everyone that is saved under the gospel of Paul, everyone that is saved right now, absent in the body, present with the Lord, our destination is heaven. While the people under the prophetic period are earthly people, we under the mystery period, or we under the mystery program, are a heavenly people. 
Okay. So our program, or sorry, the program, of course, theirs is prophecy, just like I said earlier. And then ours is the mystery program. Then last week, we talked about the doctrinal differences. Forgiveness under the kingdom gospel is future and conditional. Um, that's why a lot of people get confused and a lot of people preach and teach about uh, how you can lose your salvation because they go over to Matthew and, and, say, and, and see something that says, forgive and thou shalt be forgiven. That is conditional. Um, but forgiveness is applied. It's available to everyone right now under the Pauline gospel, under the mystery program. However, it can only be applied to you upon belief, upon you being put in Christ. Okay? And when you are in Christ, the forgiveness that you get is unconditional. What are you what about you, friend? Are your sins forgiven? Are you longing for that forgiveness? Believe on uh, God and the Lord Jesus Christ, death, burial, and resurrection, and no other work can save you. What about the sinner's prayer? Okay, under the kingdom gospel, it is required. Under the Pauline gospel, it is not required. Only believe. What about repentance from sin? Under the kingdom gospel, it's repent because they crucified their Messiah. Before the cross, it's repent because they followed after other kings. Um, under the Pauline gospel, it's, of course, repentance from sin is not required. Only believe. Uh, and we talked about that, right? Um, some people define it as feeling angry about their sin or feeling sorry about their sin, how, how they define the word repentance, I mean. But for, every, for anyone that is dead to sin, for anyone that is dead spiritually, do you honestly think that they are capable of doing that? Let me rephrase it. Let me rephrase the question this way. Feeling bad for your sins, feeling angry for your sins because you did that in the in the past, feeling sad for it, will that save you? Is that a requirement for salvation or is it so, sort of like an effect? What happens to you because of salvation? You get saved, you get regenerated, you uh, learn more of, of the Bible, you grow in grace, and then you learn more about sin, and then you feel sorry for it. I think that's, that's a better way of describing it. It's not a requirement for sin. It happens after salvation. Okay. Now let's go to tonight or today. We are talking about uh, the practical differences. We will be talking about three things. The walk and how it's different between uh, the kingdom gospel and the Pauline gospel. Um, under the kingdom gospel, it's by sight. Under the Pauline gospel, it's by faith. And there's verses to show you. Under uh, Sorry, then we'll talk about the motivation. Under the kingdom gospel, it's earthly things. Under the Pauline gospel, it's heavenly things. And finally, we will be talking about what are we waiting for? 
Under the kingdom gospel, they are work waiting for their king and, of course, his kingdom. Under the Pauline gospel, we are waiting for the catching away. So let me ask you this. What are you waiting for? Okay. Towards the end, I'm going to ask you this again, but just sort of like an introduction. How's your walk? Okay. Number two, how's your motivation? What are your what are your motivation? How do you walk? Number three, what are you waiting for? Hey, as a review again, we studied when we talked about the dispensational value of the gospel of Christ that in the beginning God created heaven and the earth. Okay. See you have this gray area over here. Uh, the dark gray area surrounding the blue, which is representative of the earthly uh, plan of God. And God's earthly plan or God's plan for the earth has not been a secret. He has given it in his word or through the prophets. He has, that's why it's called the prophecy uh, program. It has not been a secret that the earth, God's plan for the earth is that it's to be given to the children of Israel. Why do you think that the nation of Israel is the most persecuted nation or people in the world? Because Satan knew about it. Satan knows that the earth is going to go to them. However, light gray area right above that dark gray, okay, However, God uh, hid his plan for the heavens. Okay? It was not until the Apostle Paul, read Ephesians chapter number 3, it was not when, until the Apostle Paul split into the scene when God revealed it to him. Okay? And that's why the devil hates the body of Christ. Because he knows that the heaven, that heaven is going to be given to the body of Christ. Okay? So let's sort of magnify that here a bit. Okay? So we sort of zoomed in. And then let's take our three points and put it on top over here. So uh, Pauline Gospel, I put it on. I sort of... Uh, uh, um, twisted it a little bit the Pauline gospel will be on top the gospel or the kingdom gospel because it's an earthly gospel will be down here below uh, there's uh, there's arrows going uh, left from the kingdom gospel because this is pointing to uh, the time of um, Jesus John the Baptist and Peter and then all the way to the fall and diminishing um, and then after that, there's also a, a blue arrow pointing to the right because after the catching away, this king, kingdom gospel, this prophecy program is going to um, start again. Okay. Now, the, the reason why the Pauline gospel is up top over here is because we are an earthly people. Okay. So um, how is your walk the question? Uh, was earlier do you walk by faith or do you walk by sight what motivates you heavenly things or earthly things 
What are you waiting for? The king and his kingdom to come? Are you still praying that thy kingdom come? Or are you waiting for the catching away? Let's talk about the first thing, our walk. Okay. A very familiar verse, 1 Corinthians chapter number 5, verse 7. The Apostle Paul says, We, we, you and me, we walk by faith and not by sight. Now, if we're going to go back and talk about the context of it, so let's go back to chapter 5, verse 1 for 1 Corinthians. For we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle, we know that the tabernacle is something that is not uh con it's not it's not constant it's temporary okay uh earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved we have a building of god and house not made with his with hands eternal in the where heavens now uh, immediately you see a stark difference because there it's talking about an earthly house which is supposed to be te temporary because it's going to dissolve. But if that happens, there's also a second thing talking about being talked about. It's a house not made with hands. It's the building of God, and it's eternal where? Not in the earth, in the heaven. For in this, uh, keeping uh, continuing to, re to read, for in this we groan, earnestly desiring to be clothed upon with our house. So this house, this building, with this house which is not made with hands, which is eternal in the heavens, is going to clothe us. Okay? And where is this going to happen? In heaven. If so be that being clothed, we shall not be found naked. Verse number four. For we that are in this tabernacle, our bodies, do groan. Again, it's temporary. Being burdened, okay, this, this, uh, this temporary body has burdens. Okay? Um, some people have sicknesses. Some people have um, problems. And whatever it is, especially if you're a Christian, we are, we are groaning. We, you know, um, not to be unclothed, meaning not to be dead. We're not looking forward to death, but getting our house with, with that is not made with hands. Meaning, yeah, you know, we're excited to be in heaven. I know being, you know, to get there, there's this one sort of inconvenient thing you have to go through called death. That's the one that's meaning meaning being unclothed. We're not looking forward to that. To that we're we're looking forward we're we're excited about being clothed with our um with our heavenly uh house. But clothed upon that mortality might be swallowed up of life. Now he that had wrought us um for the self-same thing is God, who also had given us the earnest of the Spirit. God is the one who made uh, these things. And he said, um, said, hey, to be sure that you have, that this is going to happen, I'm going to give you an earnest of the Spirit. 
Okay. Uh, now continuing on verse number six. Therefore, we are always confident, knowing that whilst we are at home in the body, we are absent for the Lord uh, from the Lord. Here's the verse that we are talking about: For we walk by faith and not by sight. This tabernacle, this body, this earthly body that we have here in earth, we can see it, but we are confident. Incidentally, the word confident means is is made of 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 two words. Uh, the prefix con meaning with, and fide, faith with faith. Okay, confident, knowing that whilst we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord, for we walk by faith, but not and not by sight. Even though we can see what's going on here with this body, we have faith. We see, we, we, we do not see, even if we do not see it, that we have a heavenly home, a heavenly body, which is going to clothe us when we get there. We are confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. See, the context talks about our house not made with hands that will clothe us in heaven. In other words, it's talking about our incorruptible bodies. Now, while we are excited to be with God in heaven, while we are excited to go to heaven to go get our incorruptible bodies, we know that we have to be unclothed first, meaning we know that we have to go through death first. Okay? But even if we see these things happening in earth, you know, uh, in a daily basis, like in our lives, we, we witness people. Our eyes can see people who die, right? We don't know what happens to them. I mean, not that we don't know. We can't see what happens to them. But we have faith that because we are saved, we, we receive or we believed in the gospel, his death, burial, and resurrection, we have faith. We are confident that as soon as we are absent from the body, we are present with the Lord. So that's what it's talking about. Now remember, if we go back to the fundamental or basic differences, go down here to the destination right there. And um, in the gospel or sorry, in the kingdom gospel period, whether it's before or after the cross, these people are looking forward towards, or they're looking for an earthly kingdom. They're looking for their God, for their king to come. Well, first off, he came. He came into his own, but his own received him not. They crucified this king. So, uh, so the, the prophetic period sort of came to a pause and then entered the mystery program which is uh, where we are right now. We are not looking forward to an earthly kingdom. We are looking up. We're looking up. Okay? So we walk by faith and not by sight. Right? It's believe. It's have faith. Now, uh, I, I know that the, the, the discussion about faith is, uh, is you know, has a lot, uh, you know, a long way to go when it comes to Bible study. But I'm just sort of 
trying to show you the brief the, the the fundamental differences what's what's the difference between our program and their program so under the prophecy program uh it's a it's a covenant of sight right in exodus chapter 14 verse 13 the bible says and moses said unto the people fear ye not stand still and what and see the salvation of the Lord. At our time, you don't see the change that happens in you. You don't see the transformation. You don't see the imputation. You don't see the reconciliation. That happens by faith. But in the prophecy program, it's always something always has something to do with sensation, something that they can see. That's why when the apostle, uh, not the apostle, but when John the Baptist was in prison, he sent his disciples to the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, why? Because the Jews require a sign, right? And we'll talk about that later on. In Luke chapter 7, verse 22, you know what Jesus Christ answered to the disciples, to John, John the Baptist's disciples? He says, go your way and tell John what your faith is. Is that what it says? No. And tell John what things ye have seen and heard, how that the blind see and the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, to the poor the gospel is preached. We know that that's not the gospel of, uh, uh, of Christ or the gospel of, of the grace of God. This is, of course, the kingdom gospel. Okay? In Romans chapter number 3, verses 1 to 2, and, and I'm going through these verses because I want you to see the pattern here. Under the prophecy program, the operation of God has to be seen. It's something that is seen. Why? Because they walk by sight. We don't walk by sight. We walk by faith. Look at Romans chapter number 3, verse 1 and 2. What advantage then hath the Jew, or what profit is there of circumcision? Much every way, chiefly because that unto them were committed the what? Oracles of God. You know what oracles are? Things that can be seen or witnessed, right? Why? 1 Corinthians chapter 1, 22-23, the Apostle Paul explains it. For the Jews require a sign, and the Greeks seek after wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified unto the Jews a stumbling block, and unto the Greeks foolishness. That's why I went through the verses to show you that we right now, under the mystery program, we walk by faith and not by sight. Okay? While under the prophecy program, they walk by sight. So what's the practical application? Remember, the title of this Bible study is The Practical Application. Okay? Practical application. You might be in the wrong church, the wrong group, listening to the wrong people, listening to the wrong uh, YouTube YouTube channel if they want you to do something or even hear you say something to get or 
to get saved. They want to see you do something. Right? Now, that's a problem. Because if they can see you doing it, or they can hear you saying it, guess what it is? It's a work. And no work can save you. Okay? In this period. Number two, you might be in the wrong church if they want to brag about the number of people they saw get saved, right? You know how it is. You know, you've been to churches, you've been to groups where it's always, there's people are bragging about, it must be a great revival. Seven people walk down the aisle and the next day, it must be a great revival. Ten people walk down the aisle. Um, I saw I saw a video in the Philippines one time of a great evangelistic um, uh, effort where the video showed, I'm not going to mention names here, but the video showed hundreds, hundreds of people going forward, praying a prayer, raising their arm, uh, raising their hand uh, to accept Jesus Christ, quote-unquote, as their Lord and Savior. But um, <laughs> I also talked to somebody who was there and said uh, that if they went forward and prayed something, then they get an, some sort of incentive. In that case, because a lot of because Filipinos like to eat rice, it was a couple kilos of of rice and some food products. So of course, who's not gonna go up front and you know pray a certain prayer for free food, you know during hard times especially. Right, but never mind that. Even if there's no incentive like that, if they want to brag about the numbers of the people they saw get saved, right? If they cannot see anything going on with your group or your Bible study, then uh, people start saying, "Yep, that you might be wrong with God. You need to be right with God, brother." Okay, next. You might be in the wrong church or in the wrong group, listening to the wrong preacher, wrong people. If the proof of their spirituality is that you can see God's blessings. Well, we're right with God because we have the big buildings. We ha we're right with God because we have um, 1,200 seating capacity. We're right with God because we have uh, 17 churches in our fellowship. We're right with God because we have buses, things like that. Now, I'm not saying those things are wrong, right? But if that's what you're making to be the proof of how you are right with God and nobody else is, then that's wrong. Okay? Next. You might be in the wrong church if the proof of their spirituality is that you can see their numbers. We talked about that already earlier. And so, you know, um, it's, of course, it's hard for to get people to go visit a, a Bible study where you're just listening to a YouTube channel or, or a YouTube preacher or, or just a home church as opposed to a established denominational or denomination with its own um, church building. 
that's not the proof of spirituality or being right with God. Next, you might be in the wrong church if the proof of their spirituality is that they can see God's punishment on those that don't go with what they say while they continue to prosper. See, brother so-and-so, you know why he got cancer? Because he left our church. See, uh, sister so-and-so, you know why her business went down? Because he wasn't, she was not giving her tithe. And if, if it is something that they attribute to God's punishment being visible in their lives and that they can see it, then chances are you when you're in the wrong group or you're in the wrong church. That's just the preacher, you know, putting, you know, trying to rule you through fear. Moving forward, still practical application. You might you want to look for an assembly that what? Number one, preaches that you only have to believe the gospel. And that gospel uh, is first Corinthians fifteen verses one to four and that you do not have to do any work to be saved. Number two, you want to find a, an assembly, a Bible study, a group, or a, a church, or a house church that teaches that you, right smack when you're saved, <laughs> sorry for that, uh, in lack of a better language, I suppose, uh, better term, teaches that you immediately after you, you know, Right, right when you get saved, you already have all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. Not some, all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. Next, you want to find a place that teaches to establish you in the faith that the Apostle Paul teaches. It's not all over the place, not gleaning from, from the prophecy period and trying to rule your life uh, with Prophecy program doctrine. Okay. You want to go to a church that teaches you that you can still be encouraged whether there are many fellow believers or it's just you reading the writings of Paul or you just just you reading your own Bible. Okay. And last but not the least, of course, there's many more. I just we just don't have time. You want to look for a place, you want to look for a church that shows you that grace teaches us to deny ungodliness and teaches us to live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world, looking for that blessed hope and that glorious and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior Jesus Christ. Of course, that's Titus 2, 12 and 13. We'll go back to that verse here again later. Number number one, we talk about the walk. Okay? Number two, we want to talk about motivation. What's the difference between the uh, motivation uh, during the prophecy program or the kingdom gospel and the Pauline gospel or the mystery program? Okay? Uh, heavenly people, that's us. Okay? Let's look at the verses. Ephesians chapter number 1, verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with some spiritual blessings. No, all spiritual blessings. The problem is it's in heavenly places in Christ. Now, I say that that's a problem. That's a problem for people who are earthly-minded. 
See? It's a problem because they can't access it. They can't cash it. They can't write the check. They can't pay it and use it to pay for their bills. Uh, use it to, to buy their private jets, etc. Okay? It's a problem. But for heavenly people who understand what's going on, you, we, you and I are blessed. Even if you don't understand what's going on, right? Uh, um, but you're saved. You've trusted and uh, you, you, you believe in the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. Even if you don't understand what's going on, you are blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Look at Colossians chapter 3, verse 1 to 3. If ye then be risen with Christ, what are you going what are you going after? What are you seeking for? What are you looking for? What's your motivation? Seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, your your emotion, the things uh, that affect you. Okay, set your affection on things above, not on things on this earth, on the earth. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. So this is why the heading is heavenly people. We already have spiritual blessings in heavenly places. If that does not make you excited, then you don't understand it. Okay? You, we are to set our affection on things above. Who does that? Set your affection on things above, not things on this earth. That's a sentence. Do you know what the subject is of that sentence? It's an understood invisible you. You are to set the verb, your affection, okay, on things above. The, the doer of the action, setting your affection, is you. You set your affection on things above, not on things on this earth. For ye are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. 1 Corinthians 15, 58, and we'll go talk about this again later on. Because in 1 Corinthians 15, 51, it talks about the mystery of the catching away. And then what happens, uh, what happens after that? Go all the way down to verse 58. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast and movable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Because we're looking for some a, a heavenly event to happen, the catching away, right? Our motivation is heavenly because of that then we can uh, we can be steadfast we can be unmovable we can always abound in the work of the lord for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the lord well that's what happens when you are heavenly minded if you understand that you're a heavenly person okay um earthly blessings let's talk about um people who who well, I mean, sure, during the prophetic period, they look toward earthly blessings. But if you're confused right now in the prophecy period, you're also going to be earthly-minded, right? Genesis chapter 17, verse 7 to 8, was God's 
promise to then Abram what he was going to do with with them, with his seed. Right? 7 to 8. And I will establish my covenant between me and thee, and thy seed after thee, and in their generations for an everlasting covenant to be a God unto thee and to thy seed after thee. I will give unto thee and to thy seed after thee the what? The land. What land? Right? Obviously, not. it's not heavenly because it's a land here on earth. The land wherein thou art a stranger, all the land of Canaan for an... How long of a possession? Everlasting possession. It's theirs everlasting. It will last ever. Okay? And then I will be their God. So that's what they're looking for because it was promised to them by God. Look at Psalm 37 verse 11. But the meek shall inherit the what earth, and shall delight themselves in all the abundance of peace. So, I mean, what are we looking forward to? Are we looking for uh, forward to the heaven, or are we looking forward to ruling the earth as an everlasting possession? See, a lot of people are confused. This. Earthly blessings is true because it's in the Bible, but it's not promised to you or I. It's promised to the people in the prophetic program. Okay? And a lot of people go back to the uh, Beatitudes in Matthew chapter 5, 6, 7, because a lot of things talked about over there. Of course, that's during the kingdom period, so or uh, the kingdom gospel. So it it's still during the prophetic period and so the promises given there are earthly promises now here's here's a uh oh here's a here's a verse about tithing pretty uh uh hot spot topic over here but let's look at it now in ephesians chapter number one number one the bible says we already have all spiritual blessings but where are they in heavenly places in Christ. You have access to them in heavenly places because you are in Christ and Christ is in heaven, right? How many spiritual blessings? All. But I've heard a lot of preachers go to Malachi chapter number 3 verse 10 because of a, of one blessing. Let me prove it to you. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse that, ye, that there may be meat in mine house. And prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out, how many blessing? A blessing, that thou shall not, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. And some people say, well, I mean, it may be a blessing, but it's super big that there might not be room enough to receive it. Well, why would you be looking for a blessing? coming to earth from heaven when you already have all blessing, all spiritual blessing in heaven. Okay? And that's why Matthew chapter number 7, verses 7 to 11, is, is you know, one of the favorite verses to be quoted by 
quote-unquote Christians because they're confused. They don't know which program they're in. They don't know which gospel they're, they're supposed to believe. Look at Matthew chapter 7, verse 7. Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. Oh, that's talking about like wisdom, Brother Francis, or, or like spiritual blessings and things like that. Really? Well, let's look at the context. For everyone that asketh, receiveth, and he that seeketh, findeth. And to him that knocketh, it shall be opened. Or what man is there of you whom if his son asks, what's that? Wisdom? No. Bread. Will he give him a stone? Or if he asks a salvation? No. It's talking about fish. Will he give him a serpent? If he then being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children. It's talking about gifts. How much more shall your father which is in heaven give you good things? to them that ask him. See? So the practical application of all that is this. You might be at the wrong in the wrong church, listening to the wrong people, listening to the wrong preacher, watching the wrong uh, video, listening to the wrong podcast, studying your Bible wrong if, your motivation is purely earthly. It's just material blessings. And nothing like the doctrine, studying the doctrines, studying about your spiritual blessings does not excite you anymore. Number three, last but not the least, waiting for what? What are you waiting for? Okay. The... People during the prof uh, prophetic program, what were they waiting for compared to what are we waiting for right now? Right? See, the church, the body of Christ waits for, we talked about this earlier. I said it'll be mentioned again, verses 11 to 15. For the grace of God, Titus chapter 2, verse 11 to 15. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust. We should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. So the grace, what does the grace of God do? Number one, it brings salvation to all men. Number two, it teaches us to deny ungodly, ungodliness and worldly lust. And how we should live soberly, righteously, and godly, godly in this present world. And it also teaches us to look for that what blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us, for he might redeem us from all iniquity and purity unto himself, a peculiar people, zealous of good works. See, what are we waiting for? We are waiting for the catching away. And again, we said that this was gonna this verse is gonna come up again because in First Corinthians fifteen fifty one, it talks about the mystery of the catching away. Okay, because of that mystery, because we're waiting for the catching away, we're waiting for the Lord Jesus Christ to come back and catch us away. And uh, a lot of people call it the rapture, right? Because we are waiting for that. 
We believe that's going to happen. That's what we're waiting for. Because of that, we can be steadfast. There is an end. There is a rest, if you will. There is something that motivates us. There is a conclusion. Can you imagine reading a story without an end? Can you imagine working without a rest? Can you imagine uh, running without just stopping to get a cold glass of water? But because we know that the Lord Jesus Christ one day will come and catch us away, we can be steadfast. We can be unmovable. We can always abound in the work of the Lord because our labor, we know that our labor is not in vain in the Lord. So that's what we're waiting for. What about the kingdom church or the people during the prophecy period? What do they wait? What, what are they waiting for? In Luke chapter 18, verse 31 to 34, this is actually the Lord Jesus Christ telling the disciples what's going to happen to him when he goes to Jerusalem. And essentially, if you will, bear with me for a second, essentially he's talking about his death, burial, and resurrection, right? He's talking about the components of our gospel, right? Look at it. Then he took unto him the twelve and said unto them, Behold, we go up, up to Jerusalem, and all things that are written by the prophets concerning the Son of Man shall be accomplished. For he shall be delivered unto the Gentiles, shall be mocked, spitefully treated, and spitted on. And they shall scourge him, and watch it, put him to death, death and the third day he shall rise again. Well, where, where would he rise from? Of course, from being buried, right? Uh, so the third day he shall rise again. What did they say? What did the 12 say? Well, obviously, Lord, because we're all looking forward to the cross. We know that that's going to happen. We know that you're going to die, uh, be buried and rose again. And we know that that's part of our salvation. No, that's not what happened. That's not what they said. It says, and they understood none of these things. And this saying was what? Hid from them. Remember, in our time, the Apostle Paul says, if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. Well, of course, that's applicable toward our, uh, our, our time. Are we trying to say that Am I trying to say that the 12 are not saved because our gospel is hid from them? That's not what I'm trying to say, although we already know that one of them is not because his name is Judas, right? What I'm trying to say is that they're saved. They have a different gospel. It's the gospel of the kingdom, and they are looking forward to their king and their kingdom to come. Watch. In Acts chapter number 1, the Lord Jesus Christ, they saw the Lord Jesus Christ rise from the dead. In Luke chapter 24, earlier than Acts chapter number 1, they already understood that the Lord Jesus Christ had to rise from the dead. And guess what? They said, Acts 1 verse 6, When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, you know, now we can say that we're looking backward to the cross just like everyone else because... 
we're on the other side of the cross. Is that what they said? No. What is their primary concern when they were with the Lord Jesus Christ? Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the what? The kingdom of Israel? See, the Lord Jesus Christ died, was buried, and the third day rose again. That's the, these are the components of our gospel. And when they just witness all of that, they did not say, Hooray! 1 Corinthians 5, 1 to 4, or 15, 1 to 4, finally came to fruition. That's the most important thing so people can be saved. Is that what they said? No. Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom of Israel? Be careful of groups, friend, and people who are kingdom builders. I see that, that word being thrown around by quote-unquote Christians, thrown around by churches, you know, uh, youth groups, you know, like we're, we're growing in the kingdom. You know, in Instagram, you'd find somebody who's an influencer, but just because they want the virtue signal that they're also a Christian, they'd say uh, kingdom builder or worker in the kingdom or love Jesus and also a kingdom builder, stuff like that. These people are highly confused. We are not part of that program. They are looking forward to uh, God healing this land through the kingdom but we are looking toward the catching away. As part of a church um, he, here in the U.S., and they've asked, they asked me, this was uh, a year or two ago, they asked me to, um, you know, if, they, if we can have some sort of uh, uh, hymn sing. And I said, yeah, let's do that. That's actually a good idea. And it turned out that they were going to invite their um, their political party to come and join. And before I know it, um, it became a, well, not before I, I had some sort of an idea, to be fair, but I, I the thing I did not like about it is because it became more focused on how the land can be improved, right? And how a political party can educate this generation so the next generations or this land can be healed, right? And you you know what I'm talking about. You know I, I I don't want to be ugly or hurt anyone, and that's why I'm not using names or or throwing out names. I I just want to say that, listen, this land is not going to heal. Uh, the earth is going to get worse and worse. The Antichrist is coming in after the catching away, and that's why I am not looking forward to all of that. The Catholic Church is confused because they think that God's going to improve the land through them. Um, the Mormon Church, same thing. 
Baptist church, a lot of a lot of non-denominational churches, same thing. My eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. Glory, glory, hallelujah. His truth is marching on. Why? They healed the land. See, we are not looking for that. The heavenly people are looking toward the catching away. That is not our motivation. Um, be careful about people who are kingdom builders. Be careful. In the Philippines especially, there are a lot of pastors who act like they're kings and their churches are the little kingdoms. Be careful of people like that. Are you excited about the Lord Jesus Christ coming? How's your How do you walk? Do you walk by faith and not by sight? Do you walk um do you do you um sorry, are you motivated by heavenly things or by earthly things? What are you waiting for? I remember, I closed by saying this story. I remember when I was in kindergarten uh, and the teacher announced that we were going to have, this is a kindergarten in the Philippines, and the teacher announced that we were going to have a um, field trip two hours north to Manila, and we were going to go to um, all kinds of science museum uh, factories or especially the zoo i was so excited so i went back home told my told my mom you have a field trip coming up but we did not have any money so i was not able to go the build-up toward the field trip was some of the hardest time because everyone else was excited because they were going you know who wasn't excited? Little old me. Why was I not excited? Because I wasn't going. Why are all these kingdom builders confused and not excited about the catching away? Could it be because they're believing in a different gospel or a hybrid gospel? And are not saved, therefore they're not going. What about you? What's motivating you, friend? What are you waiting for? I hope you're blessed with the uh, Bible study today. I hope um, if you're saved right now, well, first of all, if you're not, that you believe in the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, his sacrifice, his blood, um, is the only one that can save you and nothing else. Um, but if you are saved, and I, you know, my prayer is that confusion would go away. Mix, you know, the mixing of the gospels, mixing of the prophetic program with the mystery program. I hope that'll all go away. Um, 
And uh, I hope that this Bible study is a blessing. This series is a blessing to you. All right, so thank you for listening. Um, you can catch us in uh, our Facebook page, uh, The Pauline Fellowship, or just look for TPF1611. Same with our Instagram page, The Pauline Fellowship, or hashtag TPF1611. Then, like I said, we're in YouTube. You're watching us there anyway, The Pauline Fellowship. Please feel free to share these links to your friends or your family. Um, don't worry about Zoom yet. We're still trying to figure out uh, when people could be in on Zoom at the same time. And like I said earlier, if you can't, if you don't have time to watch the YouTube videos, you can download our podcast on either Apple, Spotify, uh, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcast. The, the name of our uh, uh, podcast is the work. Uh, sorry, the Workman Unashamed podcast. Uh, again, also please feel free to send those links to your friends and family, work people, workmates, classmates, uh, to anyone. If they have any questions, you know, it could be a question, a Bible question that we can answer online. Uh, it can be a, a reaction or just uh, um, whether it's violent reaction or blessing or, or just anything. Or maybe you got saved or you understood something better. Uh, please don't hesitate to reach out to us, the Pauline Fellowship at gmail.com. And like I said, our announcement earlier. Watch out. Uh, starting this coming Sunday, we will be doing little short videos, short Bible stories videos. And because our son, this is originally aimed for our son, uh, Bergie, who's two years old. So obviously, we're not going to go, you know, deep theologically when it comes to um, that stuff in the Bible. Where It's basically just age-appropriate King James Bible, Bible stories, as well as, uh, you know, um, prepping children to uh, learn about our Lord and what he did, uh, his death, burial, and resurrection, most importantly. And then also, um, the second thing once he gets saved is that he gets, he comes to the knowledge of the truth through the right division of scripture as well. So, um... Thank you, everyone, for, for being with us today. I hope that it's been a blessing to you. I'll see you again next week here in the Pauline Fellowship. Have a good one. God bless you.